We love supporting and promoting the creators of musical theater throughout the world. And we would love to have your support as well. Go to musicaltheaterradio.com and click on the Become a Patron button because a supportive community is a strong community. Welcome back to another episode of Be Our Guest here on Musical Theatre Radio. I am your host, as always, Jean-Paul Yovanoff. Today, we will be speaking with one of the hosts of Thrash in Treasure, the Torture Chamber musical comedy podcast, where it's a metal versus musical symphonic smackdown as two friends from opposite sides of Australia drag each other through their respective worlds of music, joined by professionals from the world of music, Broadway, and television, and more. How can you not want to listen to this podcast? Let's get right into it by turning the volume up to 11 on this interview by welcoming Aaron Ware to the show. Aaron, thank you for coming on today. No worries. Thank you for having me. Or should I say, on, mate? I'll uh, do one for the foreign listeners out there, the non-Australians out there, I should say. How's it going? Thank you very much for having me. No, not a problem. My pleasure. My pleasure. So before we get into the podcast and all that stuff about you, I want to get to know you a little bit better so the, the audience can get to know you. So mm-hmm. who is Aaron in 30 seconds? So the 30-second bio of Aaron. Mate, I don't even know who Aaron is in 36 years. Uh, <laughs> I'm uh, I'm a grumpy old curmudgeon at one minute, uh, but I'm also your best friend the next minute. <laughs> Um, I don't know. I'm very creative. That's really everything I do is creative. I, look, I, I started out, out in theatre um, like every other kid, you know, doing theatre, and then I went on to do sort of film. Well, trying to do film, and then I ended up doing puzzles, which I did musical theatre crosswords, so I'm sure we'll get to that at one point. Uh, so I, basically, my brain is full of useless facts that I'm not using at all, which is why I have a podcast. So that's that's who I am. It's a moron, really. <laughs> a little bit of everything. <laughs> yeah, li- listen to the podcast. You, you sort of get some of my personality. Oh, you, look, you get all of my personality. Um, but it's a, a heightened, silly show. So a lot of the times I'll, I might make a joke about my father-in-law or something i'm not freaking married goodness gracious me and i i sort of talk about my desperate love life and and how pathetic that is and you know you're playing it up a lot of the time so if people want to get to know me just come and say hi on twitter i don't, I don't know i just i don't like i, I interview other people jp yeah. i'm not used to talking about myself believe it or not uh, i do on the show because i have to step into a character i have to be a, a a sassy bitch, if you will, in that show. Um, sorry to play things up a little bit. Well, you know what? We'll get you on the virtual couch here, and we're going to get to delve into you a little bit, bit more so that people can get to know the real you. Um, draw yeah. out the, uh, the, uh, you know, the, the characters. Push away and the, that and get to the real meat of Aaron. Whatever. Well, apparently I'm a rule breaker because you said 30 seconds, and I'm a talker because you said 30 seconds, so that's who I am. Maybe 30 seconds is different down there. You know, it's, yes, it's yes. different time. It's <laughs> so. upside down. Actually, no, that would be three seconds, wouldn't it? I think so. so. I don't know. I don't know. <laughs> anyway. So have you, always, have you always been in a musical theater, or, or, or is that something that you developed a little bit later in life? 
Oh, look, I, yeah, like everyone else grew up with, like, Grease and Rocky Horror and all those musicals and Disney films, obviously. And then some of my earliest memories, three or four years old, a long time ago, um, was seeing pantomime versions of, like, The Emperor's New Groove. Uh, not The Emperor's New Groove, bloody Disney. Yeah, uh, what, what's it called? Um, the Emperor's New Clothes. Yes. I remember seeing that with, like, cardboard sets. And I think we sat on gym mats. That was even before the theater was built. Uh, and then Goldilocks and Little Red Riding Hood and all those pantomimes. And then my dad took me to see Buddy Holly, the mu- oh, Buddy the the musical. And as my booster seat, and I saw those things flying around and things popping up from the set, like they were from the stage the sets popping up and the performances and this guy jeremy stanford a shout out to him um playing buddy who i'd grown up with at that point for eight years nine years uh, i was so blown away by what i saw that i signed up for an acting class a theater class without telling anybody i think i told my neighbor and that was it and then nine months went by and i would call that acting class maybe every three days and ask some questions because i was so incredibly eager like you, you, the term thirsty is used now for people who are you know yeah. too desperate or what not that was me as a nine-year-old kid calling this bloody theater class uh, asking them every question i could and then i went along the first year and i was a little troublemaker all i did was talk believe it or not uh, but then in the second year, I I don't know what happened, um, but I suddenly started taking it seriously. A, a director came in, um, she was doing Bugsy Malone in a few months' time, and so she came to our class to sort of suss it out. And at that point, I was still a troublemaker. And she said to me, if you audition for Bugsy Malone, you would not get in with that attitude. And I was 10 years old, 11 years old, and scared the crap out. Am I allowed to swear? Oh, yeah. Oh, okay, that's all right. Scared the shit out of me, I tell you that. And I went along to that audition with maybe 20 other kids in that same audition. I had to sing my very first audition, doing a year and a half of theatre, um, and I got in. <laughs> Don't ask me how. I got in. Uh, it's funny because a friend of mine um, who did some of our uh, photoshopping for the first couple of episodes of, of our podcast, Jen, magnificent artist, uh, Andrew and, and, and all that, um, away from Photoshop. She said to me the other day, uh, what's your problem with cats? Because that was your first musical number. Your first performance was Skimble Shanks. And I said, oh, wow, you have been listening to the podcast. She goes, Aaron, I was there. <laughs> <laughs> and I, I i started to cry a little bit because that friend is still around today still supporting me still listening to podcasts so, uh, and she was born in canada so moved to australia in 92 huh. which was sort of right before i got into to actually signing up and doing it on my own that and look i i at 14 13 years old i wrote a screenplay Across the year at 14, I raised $5,000 to film it. 
I pitched it to the theatre company to say, can I use your stage? Can we bring the lights down lower? Can we build a set? Can we use this as a soundstage for two weeks? 14-year-old kid going in and proposing this. Uh, and we had an, a cast of 50, including all the extras and stuff like that. Wow. We filmed it at two different schools because one of them was my high school. But then on the weekends and holidays, we could film at another school, which was public property. So we were able to film there as well. Uh, and then took the once we had filmed it over that, those two days. Now, I, I, I to the theatre company. I fucked up their stage by painting the sets on the stage. Big no-no no. to everyone out there. Remember, I was a child and <laughs> there was no adult supervision. We were meant to have a producer, but she got jailed. Don't ask about that. It's a whole other story. <laughs> no wonder I became a punk the next year yeah. after this. Um, you know, drinking at a pub at 16 years old. Or even at 15 years old, we started. And I got my first tattoo at 15. So you can see where the change happened after this. Um, anyways, point was, we, we took the all the, the tapes, because we shot it on video, because this yeah. is... The which was the year 2000, so there was no iPhones. There was no... I had a Super 8 camera, and I wasn't filming on that. I'm, I'm not a complete moron. Uh, so we filmed it on video, and we sort of had a session one day. The te all the teachers, from the, any actor that was at that school, got to come and take a few hours off, and we sat down and we watched what we had filmed. And then we took a break for lunch and we came back in and the videos had been taken. Oh, wow. And I have not seen them since. Oh, no. <laughs> so that was my first film, which was an hour and a half, two-hour script. It was not a short film. I didn't just jump into it. I, sorry, I didn't baby steps into it. I leapt off that fucking cliff onto the spikes and then someone bloody well someone took my safety net let's just say that someone took the, the video so i haven't seen i have I, I have one video which was is the one that was on the smaller video camera video that you mm -hmm. you put into the camera not but on actual vhs yeah because we did have the rest of it was on vhs that got stolen so i have one small tape that i can't ever watch uh, wow and, so so there is an unseen Aaron Ware movie out there, perhaps. That no, 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 <laughs> no. <laughs> nope. nope, we're not going to go there. And I actually thought to myself the other day, because I actually guessed recently what part would they go back and redo? Would they yeah. want another chance at it? I sort of thought, would I ever rewrite that film? And I'm mm. like, oh, it's... Okay, so my name's Aaron, and I was a closeted gay kid, and this film was about a boy named Darren who was a closeted gay kid, and everyone found out about it, and they all bullied him. He got bashed, and so he killed himself. So really, I was just projecting how I was feeling at the time and put all of that energy into this film, which then got stolen off me. <laughs> <laughs> wow. So I got drunk and tattooed and pierced and became a punk. And yeah. So my, the next question is, how did we get from 
filmmaker Aaron, who also sang a m memorable version of a song from Cats. No, no, song. it was not memorable. Just well, somebody to... remembered it, so it had to be memorable of some kind. <laughs> yeah, but um, she's also a mother with twins, so she's got too many thoughts. I'm gonna say, okay. no, I'm kidding. <laughs> <laughs> so how did we how did we get to the podcast what was the impetus for creating this i got into podcasts because i wanted people to buy my novels i'm pretty hard on myself um and anyone who knows that knows that about me and i actually get in a lot of trouble about it from everyone because the self-deprecating humor people are like oh no Aaron, shut up you're not like that I'm like come on just laugh if i'm laughing about it you can laugh about it in mini anyways Look, I, I'm proud of these novels. I'm really, really proud of them. They are funny. They are touching. They are sweet. They are dark. They are scary. They are exciting. They are original. But selling this to all you people out in this world, seven and a half billion people out there, when we've got the Marvel Universe and we've got Disney sequels every five bloody minutes and we've got Star Wars sequels and the Disney overlords in our faces every five minutes, I am wearing a Disney t-shirt right now. I am one of their minions, but it sucks because the Toniston Tales is a bloody good series and I wish people would read it because it's going to make you think, it's going to challenge you, it's going to excite you, it's going to hopefully make you cry because when I wrote those last words, I tell you what, it, that was 14 years of my life gone. It's like, it was like a parent whose child just gone off to college or left home or something like that. Um, you know, it was like, oh, what do I do now with my life? So I started a podcast to try to sell the bloody things. So that's that's my pitch. Please buy my novels. I pour, poured my heart into them. If you love animals, it will there will be things that will upset you because it's a horror, but um, otherwise you will you will love them. The tonistontales.com there's the plug uh yeah so not only that but i've got a lot of theater knowledge that i did crosswords for six years for a magazine that didn't pay me and i'm australian so you can kind of put two and two together what magazine that is so don't buy them um and that was a lot of work they were big crosswords they were 100 plus words clues in them they were done by hand you can see a video online of me compiling a Harry Potter, 100% Harry Potter crossword by hand. And I sit there, I write every word in, and when I make a mistake, I could get 20 words in, and I had to rub it all out and start all over again because I had come to a problem. Now, you can type in Harry Potter crossword, and you will see a lot of anemic crosswords that are just black squares. And there'll be, like, maybe eight clues. No, these were full-on intense i put a lot of effort i don't look i started my first film was 14 15 that i did myself feature film so you clearly i go full throttle at everything i do creatively so i did that for six years um and yeah so i look i turned to my former co-host who had to quit because of work um because a, a day job which you know artists that's uh, probably what we should all be having uh especially at the moment with covid um i sort of just said to him why don't why have we never done a podcast together because we've got a good rapport and he's 
smart and he's a journalist and I'm creative. Um, and so, yeah, we did. And at Steamrolled, we, I sort of had a few people on Twitter uh, that I could ask early on, like Jonathan X from episode 10 and episode 30. I recommend those two episodes. He is one of my favorite people in this world. He's a magnificent man. Uh, uh, it's Tim and Jane Caro, who is a leading Australian feminist and social commentator. And she has a medal from the Queen. Jonathan has like 18 Emmy Awards and recently just directed the Oscars pre-show and the nominations. They were out. They're the first two people I asked. Um, and it was sort of like, it was easy to get them because I already interviewed them both before for the, the puzzle stuff I had been doing. Um, and they, they were all for it. Uh, but then I asked Alison Frazier because she was following a, a Twitter account that I, I had been using for something else, but I changed it to a podcast account, but just messaged her out of the blue. And I said, look, we're doing this metal versus musicals podcast would you be interested in coming on for a, an interview to join in the fun um and i didn't expect her to say i love ramstein that was her response it wasn't <laughs> it wasn't i'll have to think about it it was okay. and i tell you what i it was immediately so excited because I knew right away that not only is she a fabulous lady, uh, but being a metalhead, she will be all in for what we're doing. Plus being theatre, you know, that she's going to have a vulgar sense of humour because we all do in the theatre industry. They all do. I'm not necessarily in the theatre industry. I talk about it and opine about it. And yeah. Um, and then just steamrolled, really. Nice. And we've just had some amazing guests on that have, we've been really, really lucky because we've had some true legends of, of musical theatre on, but they're not, they know that they're not coming on to, to bring their ego, to bring their talk about themselves. And this is why they're not doing what I'm doing right now and just yeah. sitting boring someone about themselves. They are joining in the fun. Yeah. Andrew Lippa, when he came in, I nearly cried with joy afterwards because his review of the Metal album is a thing of beauty. It was crazy and over the top and wonderful plus insightful uh, because he's, he's Andrew freaking Lippa, that's why. Um, and we couldn't believe at the time, like, why would a composer come on our show? <laughs> knowing that we're going to be reviewing their music in front of them. And anyone yeah. could say, well, that's completely arrogant. And I had to push it with Andrew. I had to, uh, with his assistant, Matt, I had to say to him, um, look, I, I completely understand that it feels weird. You're coming on like, please praise my album or please rip it to shit. But that's the point. Like if Gareth at, who was my co-host at the time, he was nervous already. Like, there's no guarantee that he's going to like it, but he's going to take the, the job seriously, just like Evan, his younger brother, and, and the new uh, co-host. You can hear the difference in the two of them. There's, uh, 
a, a big difference in that. But no, he was Gareth was Gareth. was so nervous and wanted to point out that look Andrew was also nervous. Like what is he getting himself in for? And I tell you he cackled with laughter all through that and you know, when, when I sit back, I, and I'm a pretty neurotic guy myself, and I'm very hard on myself, and I know what I'm putting out into the world is going to be at least heard by that guest, if anyone, you know, and possibly their fans, and we want them to come back for more. And, and we discussed before the recording that the differences in, in our shows where you're recording a conversation, whereas I'm actually producing a, a show, uh, like a concept, a it's a, a war. You said it in, in the introduction that I had actually written. Thank you for reading that out. Um, yeah, it's a smackdown. It's a two seemingly different genres coming together. And this is a whim, like a, a concept that I come up with in literally five minutes. It was, oh yeah, let's do this podcast. What should we do? And that this was the idea that, and like our last guest was david zippel who has two bloody oscar nominations who yeah. are these people jp that are coming on my show Melbourne, <laughs> australia stuck in lockdown i can't even go to a theater let yeah. alone see the shows that, that everyone's doing and yet everyone's embraced the concept and it's it's remarkable we've got um we've got four episodes recorded now with four guests and just absolutely remarkable what people bring to it. It really is. But that you asked me why I got into podcasts, and that's why to create something that I want to listen to. I wrote my books to re uh, read something that I want to read. I wrote the film that I've written every film that I've written, all thirty something screenplays, every play that I've written. I haven't even brought up that that my monologues and plays are in something like 1200 classrooms around the world being used by drama teachers in the classroom that's that's an awesome thing but everything i put out into the world is things that i would want to watch i would want to see um which i know sounds selfish and 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 all that but i have a, ver a varying tastes and things like i love the saw movies as much as i love les miserables two very very different ultimately very depressing um material but you know what i mean like i i run the gamut my the most music i listen to is michael giacchino who is a music composer and my ultimate number one dream guest he's come on my show one day i'm putting that out in the universe it's michael giacchino that's what i want how does it work for the podcast? Do you, do you listen to um, different songs? Do you listen to entire albums of, of yeah. musicals and of metal music? Yeah, my listeners probably might not have heard. So Yes, okay. So the concept is I'm the general or the captain of Team Musical and my co-host, Evan. Shout out to Evan. Uh, he's a lot smarter than me. He talks a lot less. He would have been a much smarter option to sell our show than me. Uh, he is the captain of Team Metal, and we swap over an album every week. Uh, he's under the impression that's meant to be like a good album that he likes. Necessarily the case. Uh, if you listen back to episode thirteen, that was a dumpster fire. But I actually find that episode hilarious 
because neither of us were a fan of the albums that we swapped over, but we didn't know that we were we weren't a fan. Gareth wasn't meant to be there for that episode anyway, so he was throwing a grenade which stuck to his hand anyways, and it blew up in his face. And how can you not love an episode that pans out like that? That's yes. just gold. I cry with laughter when I listen back to it, even though I'm like laughing at my own jokes, which is kind of really arrogant. Uh, but okay, yeah, so we swap over an album and we do a deep dive into it. Um, well, Evan does a deep dive search and story and backstory and stuff like that, whereas I listen to it maybe 20 times on repeat over the course of a week or something like that. Like, I completely immerse myself in that music and I find all the world's worst puns that I can based on everything, the, the song titles, the band name, the music, anything like that. And then I write, write the most stupidest over-the-top review that I can, but at the same time sharing my actual thoughts. Yeah. Roasting things that I might not like, but I'm doing it in a way that is silly, uh, not trying not to be mean obviously because mm -hmm. we are being yeah. pretty cool here we we understand what we're doing and it's easy for someone to listen to a show and go and we just rip shit into that well, yeah i did but did you listen to the 50 fucking puns that i put in there like they were hilarious that takes work people right i do <laughs> a lot of work i have a lot of respect for these bands and yeah. the music that they're playing even like the episode we recorded two nights ago um it wasn't for me. It wasn't for me. It was rah, 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 rah. Yeah. Uh, I can't understand that. I I know I go from watching the Saw movies to listening to you know, classical music or whatnot, or Lamies or Phantom, or that's probably the two tourist musicals. I could have said much better examples there. A little night music, let's say that. Uh, that makes me look more legit as a theatre podcaster. Uh, yeah, but that's not for me. It's not. I can't understand what they're saying, even if there is satirical lyrics. And I try not to read the lyrics because the point of it is, can I understand what they are selling? Yeah. The same with Evan is. Uh, it's brought up a lot that um, it's a problem if it's there's no pro shot or he's unable to go to a theater and see a show. But I beg to differ because. Part of, at least 60% of the appeal of a musical, at least 60% is the music. Is mm -hmm. the music good? Can you sit there for two hours and listen to this music? So that's the angle that I personally would be approaching it on. Uh, but he sort of approaches it from different angles. And, you know, that's awesome and all. Um, yeah. So I disagree, though, is what I'm saying. I disagree that you can't glean what a musical is like based on an album. You most certainly can. You might not get the full story, but isn't that just like a trailer where you're not necessarily getting the full story? You might get the start, middle, and the end, but there is a little bit of meat in between that you're not getting, so you go along for that experience. But, um, look, he's, he's doing really, really well. I'm very, very proud of, of how he's doing because... Uh, he's not an artist. Like, he is. He's an artist. He's an artisan. He's a builder, and he can 
build a fucking computer with his bare hands with nothing. Like he is MacGyver. No joke. <laughs> um, and like it, it, sitting behind him is a an arcade machine which he built himself. So every guest we have on, he tries to have a game on that arcade game that relates to that guest, just like I have a T-shirt on that relates to that guest, even if I have a shirt on and they can't see that T-shirt. Um, <laughs> but no, he's doing really, really well, and I was so incredibly proud um, when we had David Zippel on. You don't know it. When you listen to the, this episode, uh, which is the, the episode that's currently on now, episode 42, um, you don't know that my internet dropped for 10 minutes. Oh, I then God. left my room went out to the land room had a mental breakdown i took a deep breath in i came back i sat down the internet was up again and i jumped straight back into that like nothing was wrong um and it was only evan's 10th episode so (laughs) to leave him alone with a broadway hollywood legend the lyricist of Oh my goodness, like I was 11 when that came out. I think that turned me gay, those abs and that music. Um, which is one thing I actually forgot to say to him in the episode. David Zippel, your invention, Hunkulies, and those abs in the animation turned me gay. Thank you very much for that. So my revenge was having you on my show and forcing you to listen to heavy metal. And it's like, we know that people are coming on they might be a little bit older, so listening to death metal is not going to be their thing. Yeah. Yeah. But you never know. You never know. And these two worlds are so incredibly the same. Um, same, same, but different. They really are. They overlap each other. They're both theatrical and over the top. And camp. Oh, my God, camp is tits. Like, you wouldn't believe that the metal that we've had on, like, they made cod pieces. This band Man Hour or something, like, and I was given that because uh, you're going to like this because you're gay. Oh, shut up, you homophobe. Goodness gracious me. How, what? You think I'm going to like it just because they, they're in cod pieces? Goodness gracious me. No. No. Oh, wow. This is a torture chamber and I'm in lockdown and I can't go anywhere where people are wearing cod pieces at the moment. <laughs> Thank you very much, Gareth. <laughs> Anyways. So um, when, you're, yeah. when your guests oh, come yeah. on... Do, have, do they know the shows or the songs they're going to hear, or is it are they? Just oh yeah, hearing? they've been. They have been listening to the album. Oh okay. Yeah, we've we've had so many of them will listen to it while they're working out because the metal, the the constant <laughs> is yeah. really good for the treadmill or the the exercise bike. Um, Patty Murren was bopping along in her car while she's running errands to a Norwegian glam metal band um which are actually pretty good no one had heard of them and their their name tnt is our initials so that was sort of a a perfect episode and then she just tweeted out the other day to my surprise that she's currently in australia (laughs) and the funny thing was she had like responded to a joke tweet of mine like it wasn't even so i don't even think i said something serious and she responded back to it. I'm like, oh, take this opportunity now to get you on my show. And now she's in Australia. They get into it. They really do. Um, 
we also we ask them first up if they're a metal guest or a musical guest uh if they have a preference mm-hmm. so if they they do have a band or an album that they like or a genre or a subgenre that they like uh so we get yeah we, we get them involved and that's why we're so incredibly lucky with the involvement that we've had with them because we're kind of saying to them now go and do homework yeah you know no, now go take your time <laughs> your private time i shouldn't be saying this because they're going to start asking me to pay them I'm not going to be paying you guys i love you all but if i pay the future guests and then what about yeah. the past guests Working on zero budget here, people. Oh, I hear you. <laughs> yeah, like podcasts, there's, there's no money in them. Nope. Um, really, unless you're you're the network owner, which I am. But we have one podcast, so you know, and and our advertisement is for my book and for a charity. So you can see how much revenue we're making there. Anyways, I I'm so incredibly grateful of my guests. I really am, and um, they've made me laugh they've made me cry they've made me so incredibly proud um like you wouldn't believe that's that's such a cool those okay it's such a cool concept you know just having the two like you said they are different but they're very similar and yes you can some you can tell is there's a huge crossover in in the way you know, structure and, and, and emotion and things like that. And it's great that you have the guests come on and do homework <laughs> and, and, and listen yeah. to the songs and then talk to you about it. So it's very cool. And congratulations on that, that idea and getting that out there and putting it forward. Um, Thank you. Not only that, but as I say, it's, we're touting it as a torture chamber, you know, and we, we kind of make fun of our guests sometimes or like, mean we're not disrespectful yeah. um a great example is um that's a, that's a good example oh, Bert Labonte an Australian performer who is absolutely magnificent look him up um I've seen him in numerous shows so far and I cannot wait to see him in more uh, in his introduction because on his Twitter it says he's written the go-to guy for roles of color Okay, and I, I sort of saw that, and obviously in the times we're in at the moment and stuff like that, and I'm sort of thinking to myself, have I, except for the Book of Mormon, have I ever actually seen him play a role that was specifically a role of colour? Because I've seen him play, like, the Doctor in Next to Normal and stuff like that, like, not roles that you would quote-unquote call a role of colour. Yeah. So I sort of thought, huh. Uh, and so I went through his resume and I picked out Blue Healers, Wilf Red, um, like Black Swan, Red Swan or something like that. Um, I picked out all the musicals and TV shows that had a colour in the title, plus Otis Redding. And when I, and, I, and then sort of in his introduction, so I sort of, went through he's the go-to guy for roles of color as evidenced by these roles and so made fun of that uh and but i've also in that introduction said he's the one performer that made me say that bitch because he's so freaking good yeah. uh, so i'm literally making fun of of this guy 
whilst praising him, you know, and they are, and a lot of times, unfortunately, you don't hear the laughter because laughter is louder than talking. So when um, to recording through Zoom, we have to make sure we have headphones on because otherwise sound will drown each other out. And so when someone laughs during their introduction, it gets drowned out, unfortunately. So you don't always hear it. And because we're dealing with all these legends, I don't want to move their laughter. I will move Evans. I will make myself look funnier to Evan, but I will not make a guest sound like they are laughing at me when they didn't, because I don't want to get sued. Yeah. Only laughter, but I do know. I know what Americans are like. We do it all the time. Just very um, legal, happy, or whatever it is. Um, but anyway, so what was was the point of that? The introduction. Yeah, we we make fun of them, and like it, Michael Cerverus, who I so much praise for and i sort of said i'm so excited my hair might fall out so i, I like, like made a ball joke in front of the guy but in all reverence all love and i let them know beforehand that it's tongue-in-cheek it's sassy it's filled with puns um but it's all written it's all it's not just i'm not just sitting there making fun of someone i'm not just gonna be like um oh good on you david zippel you wrote another cinderella because i don't care about that myself i more the better but i did ask him like how many people have said to you oh geez another cinderella so i sort of i brought that up in in that way um yeah look as i say we're, we're incredibly lucky that's a fantastic time it, it is so. that is great well, Aaron, how do people find out, uh, you know, where to find the podcast, the book, uh, the crossword puzzle, anything that you have? Well, you know, let people know how, how they can uh, learn more about you and your works. Just listen to the sound of my voice and follow it, apparently. <laughs> God, it doesn't stop. I apologize to everyone. I've been in lockdown for two months. And we've had one recording in the past three weeks, so you can imagine how much contact I've had with everyone apart from my family. Oh, wow. So I'm a little bit like I've just been making roller coasters the past few days just to go around around circles because that's a metaphor for my life. Uh, okay, so we're on um, all the podcast apps with the the podcast, uh, and that's Thrush N Treasure, just an N. Not an and uh, or an and symbol. It's thrush and treasure, as in trash and treasure. The Toniston Tales you can um, pick up on thetonistontales.com. They're an ebook. The first one's a dollar twenty-three, and the second one is four dollars fifty-six, and the third one is seven dollars eighty-nine. Because I have OCD with numbers and patterns, and I like to do little things to give myself shits and giggles so i made the pricing literally one two three four five six seven eight nine all right um but when you read the books you will notice like the, the three books in the first book the chapter titles are one word in the second book the chapter titles are two words in the third book they're three words and there are easter eggs strewn throughout there are callbacks there are all sorts of things. i look i put in 14 years of developing in this but when I say that, it was 14 years of making sure it wasn't out here, like convoluted and yeah. didn't make sense. I 
had all these ideas and all that, and I spent 14 years chipping that down to create what I feel is probably the, the best thing I've ever created. Uh, and I've, I, I was once in Buffy. I didn't even mention that. I was in the Buffy comic. Um, my Buffy crossword got printed. Like, I worked with Dark Horse Comics for six months to, to do that. Didn't get paid. They're a bloody million-dollar company. Yeah. Anyways, um, kids out there, if you're listening to this, make sure you just get paid. Don't make the mistakes that I've made. You demand your, your fee straight away. You know your worth. Because uh, yeah. otherwise you get to my point. And you could have been paid for 20 years of work that you didn't get paid for. Uh, anyways, um, books are on there. The Puzzle Hub, I don't update anymore. Um, it's been a long time because puzzles hurt my... They're really good to make, because um, as I say, I did them by hand. But you can find them all online. I, but now, look, I've got we've got Blooming Theatricals Patreon, which has got all our monologue scripts, textbooks, board games. I've made eight board games that you can print off yourself. I've, I've made a do-it-yourself um, theatre playset, which you can print off, stick to cardboard, build it as a set set. And there's like 200 pieces, like set pieces and lights and costumes and characters and stuff like that. Uh, and color them all in how you want them all to um, to be. Because I just did it in a mess paint. So it's easy to just click the color change on that. Uh, yes, I like, I've done a hell of a lot in my career that has just never really broken. <laughs> like I can have photos on my show. Like I, I, my puzzles got me into Dark Horse Comics, JP. That's so cool. Joss Whedon wrote yeah. that issue. It was the season finale of Buffy season eight, which was the official continuation. And on the back of my page, I don't know if there's a copy near me. Like on the back of it is a letter from Joss. I know he's a prior at the moment. I know you're all growling and and groaning like, oh, did he just? I get it, okay? He's a pariah. That was 10 years ago. Let me be proud of my achievement then, please. Because yeah. it was on the 10th anniversary that he got taken down. So that was my celebration, was mourning that. Yeah. Uh, and great. Now I can't be proud of that. Anyways, um, yeah, so all, like all these things, I've managed to get my foot into doors. Here and now I'm just stuck in fucking Melbourne. Yeah. That's all. So, people, please listen to my show, buy my books, because I, I got this. Like, I just wrote a screenplay in five days, drafted wow. it, and it's now with a network representative. <laughs> I didn't do that. I didn't send it off. I just sent it to somebody who then sent it off to somebody at a network in America. Um, wow. so I need to do one do it then. Well, hopefully we'll see it at some point then. No. One in six million chance that they're going to green light some unknown dickwad from Australia who's written sure. some romantic comedy while he's single and in lockdown. You know, it's a, no, it's, it's not as cynical as I'm making it sound. It's quite <laughs> sweet. There is of course because it's me there's some sass and there's some puns that's my trademark um 
curmudgeonly. <laughs> Sorry, you're trying to wind up, and I'm just. Well, no, Aaron, thank you so much for coming on. But before we go, I want I want to ask one more question, and and I think this is the perfect mesh. Like you were saying, musical theater, metal, very similar. My question to you is: Which metal band do you think would make be able to write the best musical? Oh, we go through this all the time. Yeah, because a lot of the albums that we hear read like a concept album. And one of the most common albums that I bring up in my life is The Who's Tommy, which I will fight anybody on, is a precursor to punk. If you don't believe me, I will see you in the parking lot and we will fight it out, The Who uh, proto-punk. Um, yeah, okay, so you can hear the influence of the Who and Pink Floyd's The Wall and Sgt. Pepper in so many albums. I would say Faith No More. They had an album that I really enjoyed. I gave it four, four or five stars. Yeah, I'd like yeah. to see that. I really would. Um, but I, I wouldn't not necessarily this American idiot nonsense of putting the concept album on the stage yeah. or a previous album that because American Idiot was written or was a bullet for a Bible. One of them was written as a concept album yes. originally, as a rock opera. Yeah. Um, so I can understand why that was put on the stage. I don't need Rock of Ages, which obviously not a rock opera or a concept album, but I don't need that nonsense. Um, I would like, kind of like how Trent Reznor from Nine Inch Nails composes film music. That's what I want to see. I want to see someone out of that element yeah i really do totally that's, agree that's kind of how i feel i live my life as an, i'm able to edit as well as direct and produce and design and host doing a podcast and all that because like all the designs and all that everything all the artwork i do even like the artwork all behind me i'm not an artist but i have to do all my own artwork so i'm not bloody paying someone who's not going to bloody deliver yeah. So I, I, I fluke on my own work. Um, and it's best advice you didn't ask me, but if I could give any advice to anyone listening is sure. to um, learn as many different skill sets as you can, really, because then you can jump from editing something to then writing a screenplay and stuff like that. And producers love it when they can save money. I think that's the perfect place to end. Learn everything you can. Uh, yeah, Aaron, <laughs> Aaron, thank you so much for coming on the show today and yeah. introducing people to your podcast, your book, um, and everything you've done. So thank you so much. Thank you very much. For an honor to be asked by any podcast. I am I'm not a somebody. I'm not a nobody, but you know, not yet a somebody. So it's, a, it's an honor to, to be honest. We are speaking just now with Aaron Ware, the uh, co-host of Tra Thrash and Treasure, the podcast. Um, take a listen to that wherever podcasts are broadcast. My name is Jean-Paul Yovanov. Tune in next week as we'll speak with another guest or guest about their life, love, and passion. That is musical theater. And until next time, I'll see you when I see you.